All right. Well, certainly looking forward to this one because we got a lot to look forward to on November 17th at the Maverick Center. And coming out of retirement is everyone's favorite heavyweight, our man, Eric Iman, also a broadcast partner. So we'll get into that a little bit. But Eric, it's great to talk to you, man. How are you doing? I, uh, I'm i doing really well. I'm doing really well. Yeah? How's uh, life been yeah. post everything that's that's happened since your last fight? It's been a while. Um. Well, better. You know, I... I had a lot of personal issues that were happening right at that time. And I actually talked to Zach a little bit about it. And he said, you know, we all take fights at the really absolute most inopportune time. <laughs> and he's right. It, you know, we, I, I think as fighters, we tend to think that uh, it's going to focus us, but the problem is, it, you know, the, the personal side of it can distract us. So. Did you feel really distracted in that last one? I felt, well, so in fairness, I had some, not that it's an excuse by any means, but I had some pretty severe medical issues that I was going through at the time. Um, not had, I had some really bad gut health issues. I think two weeks after the fight, I had a, a fairly major surgery, um, you know, where they had to go in and, and lance some internal bleeding in my stomach and some stuff like that. And it was horrendous, horrendous. Um, I, I was dealing with um, some anemia issues, which, you know, I, they, they actually think COVID made me anemic. Um, but I'm, there was a lot going on, you know, not that it's an excuse by any means, but it, it certainly, you know, that distraction on top of all the other distractions on top of, you know, coming off of a, a, a severe loss too, you know, it, it, it was a lot. Um, Again, you know, hats off to him. I, I, uh, I didn't execute, and that's what it comes down to, regardless of whatever I say. So, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to ask you. I mean, you talk about all the things that were going on. Why come back? What was the decision to come back, and when did you make that decision? We st I started talking to Zach a little bit about it back in June, and um, you know, Zach's. I don't know that Zach gets enough credit for the the way that he plans these fights out as far as some of the matchmaking that, that the team does and um, you know, a, a, a real plan and how he really kind of cares for us as far as, you know, if, if, if we do this and you do this, you know, it, it's, it's like me being, uh, putting together a career plan for one of my employees, right? Where do I go once this is done? I don't know necessarily, you know, and, and of course it always hinges on a win, but I mean, this is a fight I've wanted back um, for a long time. Um, I, you know, I, I, I've talked to a couple of people about it and they're always, you know, well, how do you feel about it? How do you, do you think you're going to win? Yes, I think I'm going to win. I wouldn't get in there if I didn't think I was going to win. What kind of, don't ask people stupid questions. Yes, I am 100% certain I'm going to win. How about that? Well, one, I, I wasn't going to ask you that, but I did want to ask you a little bit about the matchup. I mean, you faced him twice before. Obviously, this is a bidding rivalry. And I think something that really, you know, not to say that you were on the couch, but something that got you up in the morning and something that made you want to work towards, you know, this well, big goal. Of it's facing got me two a days. Time. It's got me running. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I got out of the house, like, like, like the house was on fire. 
I, you know, I, I'm training twice a day. I'm back to the old routine when I was in spectacular shape, um, you know, and there's a lot of history here, a lot of history, right? Uh, the first fight, it he took the fight on short notice. Here's the caveat to that, that maybe some know or some don't. At the time, I was supposed to fight super heavyweight because it was my second or third fight, I think, as pro. And when we were slated, I was slated as a, as a heavyweight or super heavyweight. I wasn't, I wasn't super heavy, but I, I want to say I was 285-ish, right in that neighborhood, right? And I'm supposed to fight some guy out of Elko or something. And, uh, you know, as happens with a lot of up and coming heavyweights, the guy disappears. <laughs> right? He signs a contract. The promoter's keeping in touch with him uh eight days out they don't the the guy's gone right like houdini gone gone right um so the promoter wants to keep the fight together and i'm a damn fighter so we're gonna fight right he says well i got this guy for you but you're gonna have to come down to heavyweight well it was eight days so i lost almost 20 pounds in eight days now I did have I did have some training and I did have a camp right, but um, I I obviously you know it was early in my career I wasn't prepared for it. Um, it was a great fight. Me and him, me and him have, have shared a lot of cage time now. Um, but uh, you know I, I sometimes you don't realize the things now that I think back on it you don't realize the things that may get in your head that you may not be very conscious of right in eight days i lost it might have been six days i lost i lost the 20 pounds made weight had to cut the weight had never done that before it was it was just you know a lot of, of new things didn't know anything about him at all it was just a guy from from idaho we trained actually both times i think we trained completely wrong for him too um but you know live and learn and here i am and and i'm an old war horse in a, in a young man's game so what does that tell you we work closely on the broadcast and things like that so i've kind of seen the evolution of hey i'm thinking of coming back hey i'm going to take a fight this is who the opponent is oh wait maybe it's going to be this opponent what was your reaction when it was luis that was offered to you officially i was i was excited this is a fight i want to have back you know i i i think um i think my well, you know, we, we joke about it a lot at the gym. I, I, I'm never, I never lose a fight. I'm not winning. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm winning, winning, winning. And then for whatever reason I get it in my head, I've got to stop it. I've got to stop the fight. I got to end the fight. I got to end the fight. And that's how I fight. You know, if a shark ain't swimming, it's dying. I can't breathe. So I'm, I'm constantly engaged. I'm almost always going forward. It's not like me to take a backward step. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, I have a really good understanding of, of his game plan um, and, and how he fights. I, uh, he, you know, he's going to want to, he usually tries to tie me up, keeps me against the fence. He, uh, if I'm being frank, he, he, he tries to, to get, a breakage from the ref so he can take some time there, there's a lot of that i know about this guy after you know 20 or 25 minutes but and he's a tough guy he swings hard and hits hard don't i'm not taking anything away from him but i, I know what he wants to do 
when we think back to your last fight, you said in the cage, and we kind of talked about this at the top of at the top of the interview, but you mentioned that you had lost it, that you didn't love it anymore. Is this the fight that really makes you feel like you love it again? And you did mention, I mean, two a days, like how busy is the schedule now and how much is this occupying your day to day? Uh, well, I, I don't know a lot of guys that train as hard as I do that work a full-time job. I mean, I work 55, 60 hours a week, right? My daily schedule is, uh, 5 AM. I go to the gym, I run, I get my, my lifting in. Um, I try to get some calisthenics or some stretching in. I go to work, I go to work until 5 30 and then I go to team link and then I'm there until 7 30. And that's five days a week. And then I at least get one workout on Saturday somewhere. Um, but, you know, since, since there's some things that have changed and, and some things um, that I think I've reevaluated in myself personally, you know, when I was done fighting, I told myself, I was like, yeah, you know, it's my time. I'm going to not worry as much about my diet. I'm, I'm going to just go lift. I'm, uh, you know, I want to look pretty or whatever. Um, and, and then some things happened to me and I thought, you know, I was the most disciplined guy I knew for a long time, right. Over 12, 14 year career, 12 year career. Um, you know, the last five years, I was the most disciplined guy I knew. Um, as far as I say that with a caveat. I know some absolutely disciplined fighters. Don't get me wrong. But like, if I look at my day-to-day -day operations and, and the regular folks that I, that I interact with and deal with by a lot, <laughs> I was the most disciplined guy. Right. And somewhere I was like, I, I made an excuse for myself. I, I don't need to be that disciplined now. Well, guess what? I came to the realization that I operate better that way. My business does, my life does, um, my personal interactions do. Uh, you know, you, you hear a lot of things about freedom by discipline, and I'm a believer. If 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 you know, I I go eat out or I go have a few beers or whatever, and it's scheduled, then it it seems to my my life just operates better. So this really just fits back into how I want to live. Where would you say that? disciplined lifestyle stemmed from when did that all begin from not being disciplined being a kid how about that you know i <laughs> i i um i i just wasn't that man and i didn't figure fighting helped me figure that out right I, I used to tell myself if i go through a week of this training especially those two my very first first two fight camps a lot of people might not remember this i was 310 pounds my first fight i got down to 305 and i trained my guts out and i fought a state champion wrestler and looked him out right and i got down to 305 it has been a learning process but the best learning process um i could i could ever have right a lot of trial and error i mean my third fight my fourth fight was against Lewis and I had to cut weight. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? And through that process, I figured out diet. I figured out how my body responds. I figured out all those things, you know, and, and I, I, um, through some of the, the podcasts I listened to and things like that, Ryan Stuman said, you know, a sales, 
position is like a, a self-help, uh, self-improvement program with a pay plan. Well, that's what fighting is, right? You, you have to get better. You have to improve. You eat what you kill. It, it's, it really goes hand in hand with, you know, how my, how my business operates, how my mindset operates, and, and it keeps me on, in track and I feel better. I feel better about myself. I feel better about, you know, the relationships around me. How did you get started in MMA? How did you find fighting? And, and what was that process like to go from stepping into a gym to when you actually made the walk as a fighter for the first time? I had a childhood. Not that it's an excuse. I mean, a lot of us did, right? We all have trials and errors, right? I wanted to learn how to fight so that I could protect the people that I cared about. That was absolutely first and foremost, uh, you know, through my my 16 to 25 i found a jiu-jitsu gym run by rich layton back in the the ultimate fighting days and i was like i want to do that didn't know didn't know about it you know i was just a tough kid from whatever um and and originally they did some kind of smoker kickboxing fights at a bar in ogden I went and signed up. Unfortunately, I had success my first fight, right? I did pretty well. Um, and ironically, Mickey Porritt, my my first uh my first Muay Thai coach, he wrapped my hands then. <laughs> it was it, that's a weird story. So I go and I fight and I, I win. I go back and I fight, and it's kick, it's it was like USA kickboxing rules or something. So you had to throw like two kicks around or something. And I I did some taekwondo when I was a kid. Um, so I, the second fight, I go out and fight a, a golden gloves boxer that I think did pretty well as a heavyweight and he molly walked my ass. He, he beat the tour out of me at the end of the fight. And it was two minute rounds, you know, it was three, two minute rounds at the end of the fight. I made it all the way through the fight. And you, you know what it was is I gassed out. The, and you know, I didn't have any idea the the first fight, I think I, I just knocked him down. I did the three fight knockdown rule in the second round. So I didn't have to go all the way through. Well, I'll tell you what, having zero baseline for what your conditioning should be like is very humbling, very, very humbling. So, I mean, that, that guy beat the tour out of me. Um, and, uh, and then I thought, you know, I, I should figure this out. So I went, then, then, you know, within some kind of short amount of time, they, uh, ultimate, ultimate combat started. So I'm watching it on the, the 30 minutes on Sunday nights and I'm a fan and stuff. And, um, I find this gym up in Ogden and, uh, run by Rich Layton. And I went and I did a couple of years of jujitsu and then I got into Muay Thai and just Muay Thai was my thing from there. And then I trained it. Fairtex, when I lived in California, I trained at Fairtex for two years. I trained with George Satsui, who was a K1 champion for a year. I trained at uh, um, Frank Shamrock's gym for a while, kind of hopped around a little bit. I got some really good experience and I had a couple of smokers. I, I went five and oh in smokers and amateur kickboxing. And then when I came back here, there was no kickboxing, didn't exist. It was fight MMA or don't. And Fabio says, just take a fight. And I'm like, I don't want to wrestle. 
but that so that first fight that's all i did it was just take down defense and make sure that uh that i don't get ridden out and uh and and ground and pounded to death uh the guy comes out and i defend okay uh and then he finally gets my gets me down breaks my nose uh throws an, a punch up under breaks my nose round ends go back out and i throw one too <laughs> this guy this guy goes like this and takes a step back and tries to throw right and i throw one two again and mine's faster and i knock him out all the way out like bad out unconscious and he's so big he's 300 pounds he hits the ground and kind of bounces right huge and he's out for at least two minutes the paramedics are in there and stuff he was out for so long i was like i really really hurt this guy bad and then he kind of finally comes around and i was obviously relieved he wasn't permanently injured and then his mom runs up to me and she's like that was my kid and i said well uh, i'm sorry man but he would have he would have done that to me if he'd have got to me first right and every and then i fought i went and fought for two years i averaged fighting every every 90 days yeah, I mean, you've been super active throughout the entirety of your career. And so I am curious. I mean, there was a little bit of time between your last fight and the fight prior to that. Was there another sort of like area or certain point in your life when you weren't taking fights that you thought maybe I might be done? And then you took that one back in 2021? Yeah, I got my head caved in by Zach Cavender. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Blake. I sit next to you a lot. I just, your reactions are just priceless to me because you're like, why would you say that? Um, so when I fought Eti Palu, um, he fractured my jaw. So one year, actually the year I fought Cortez, the last time I, caught, I fought Cortez and was fighting, I had 56 stitches in my face that year. Well, they never CT scanned my skull. So I had L fractures that never healed around both eyes and a fracture on my jawline right here that never healed. They just never fused. So for five years of me fighting, my jaw was moving when I get hit. Um, and then I fight Cavender and I go out and you know, that fight with Cavender, there's some, some days that you come out and, and you're just not there. You're just not there. And there's nothing you can do to get yourself there. At least that's been the case in a few of my fights, right? Where I just, I'm warming up, but I'm just not engaged. I'm just not as focused as I should. Something just isn't right. Whatever, you know, whatever the, the magic unicorn dust is, it's just not happening. But then there's fights when you come out and, and Donald Cerrone talked about it. You feel like... You feel like your your subconscious is behind you looking down on your body and your body's going and it's like controlling a video game, right? And that's when you're at your best, like a flow state. I just couldn't get there with Zach. I just wasn't there and went out, had an exchange. He was left-handed. He stepped back and I wasn't thinking about the left hand, obviously. He stepped back and when I shucked him off, he was able to pivot and throw right back and it hit me right there and broke my jaw all the way across pushed it back a quarter inch you know i my face is plated from under my eyes to the top of my teeth yeah it makes you think of your mortality when you walk into the doctor's office and he's like this is what it looks like when somebody 
hits their steering wheel going 60 miles an hour. That's the, the same injury, right? If his jaw goes back much farther, it hits his brain. You know, but it's not going to be old age that kills me. And it ain't going to be fighting either. We love having you on the broadcast. You do an incredible job. And one of the things that I personally love is diving into the experience side of you because you do have a lot of miles in the tank already. I mean, you've been doing this for a really long time. How much does your experience now, do you hope, will benefit those future fighters coming out of Team Link? Well, so for instance, we got three guys fighting this weekend, right? On the Contender Series. And just the if, if you guys haven't been, and I know this is going to come out after, um, but if you guys haven't been to one of these fights, it is absolutely worth every dollar because they have all been awesome. Every one of the ones that I've been able to commentate has been exciting. You get a good blend of, of guys that don't have a lot of experience and you get a blend of guys that do. And I, I just, I think the, the matchmaking for it's been fantastic, but we got, you know, we have Francisco fighting. It's his debut. The kid's a stud stud um been been training with us three years fabio personally has really taken him under his wing um and and really kind of groomed him along the kid's just really super coachable and, and a stud and then uh we have jordan munoz coming back he's been in the gym every day he looks pretty good i've been um, moving around with him a little bit kind of um you know which is good for me too because i talking some of these kids through ring strategy, uh, ring control, uh, the, the, how the judges are always biased towards wrestlers, you know, some, some things like that. <laughs> uh, it, it gets it back in me too. Right. And it makes me think about it. And then we've got Ben fighting and I, I don't know how long Ben's been out, but I know he's very excited to be back in. And uh, he's he's very focused in the gym. So I, I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, we haven't had some anybody very active really since I was fighting, uh, you know, uh, a lot, I guess, at least on some kind of schedule. We haven't had a lot of guys that have been active since since then much. And I, I, I'm super happy that they're fighting for fears. Um, you know, I it's like my home now I get to commentate with you guys. I fight. It's uh, it's been great. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited for that. I, you know, if, if you're a fighter from any gym, you know, I would always be happy to talk to you. Um, message me, Facebook, whatever, you know, and, and if you're ever like, God, am I doing the right thing? Well, first off, <laughs> if you, if you're thinking, Am I doing the right thing? You're not. Okay, quit now. Because whatever that that mentality is, it's it, you either have to be obsessed or you're going to get injured. That's all there is to it. You can't do you. You can play boxing or you can play basketball and you can play football, but you can't play fighting. <laughs> you cannot play fighting. I wanted to ask you really quickly about uh, the commentary side of things. We've mentioned it a few times throughout the interview, but one of my favorite things about just having you around is just everything that you bring from your humor to obviously your experiences and also just the technical side of things. But when you were approached to do commentary, or when you asked, I don't remember how that process all came to be, but you came on September of last year and you absolutely knocked it out of the park. What has commentating been like for you? What has it been or how, how much have you enjoyed it? I should say um, over the last <laughs> year or so. 
doing it with you and Jason is one of the like, it's one of the funnest things I do. Okay. I just, I, I, and I, I like, it keeps me engaged. I, you know, obviously it keeps me relevant. Maybe it keeps me wanting to fight. You know what I mean? Who knows? But um, it definitely keeps my mind on it. Cause I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily the super fan that's following every fight and stuff like that these days. Um, you know, I'm in the gym a lot. I'm watching fights and stuff like that. You know, obviously now I, I, I make myself watch at least one fight a day so I can try to pick up some technical aspects and some things like that. But when I'm watching fights, if, if the commentators, I can learn things watching the fights and listening to good commentators I can pick things up right maybe some things that I don't I'm not thinking about or or things that I'm not seeing but I mean I remember watching like like Roy Jones commentate right and and watching him discuss the fights and what he's seeing in those types of things so I I'm, I hope that I can give I mean I'm kind of a knucklehead, you know what I mean? I joke around a lot, um, but I hopefully, it, I, I hope that it comes across that way to to other people. Um, you know what I, I hate doing is I hate going to a goddamn Buffalo Wild Wings and watching a fight and having to hear, why doesn't he, well, that's what happened at the fight I went to. <laughs> That's what happened with the fight I went, the last fight I went to when that kid took a swing at me in the stands. You, why don't you? And I, I finally said, look, I know a guy, we'll get you a contract, bud. You think you can do better than them? And he got, he got real big upset at me. He didn't think I was as funny as I thought I was. Closing out the interview, I do just want to give you one more opportunity. We talked about him at the top of the interview, but what is the number one thing you are looking forward to as you make the walk on November 17th? putting it all together. I am, um, I'm changing my mindset. So I'm, a by nature, I'm a very motive. I hate using motivated. I'm a disciplined person, right? But I'm, I'm extremely goal oriented. Some, and some of the things that make me successful at work very much translate to the things that make me successful there. Right. I, I, I think that I'm the hardest worker in the room. And if I'm not, I'll make sure I am. I, but sometimes that means I take too far, right? You never know how far you can go until you've gone too far. Well, I, I take things to where I am, you know, second by second analyzing it or trying to see where I've gone wrong, overthinking, right? Overthinking kills overcoming. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to take this fight, to be honest with you, in more of a, a playful aspect. This is fun. It used to be fun. It used to be the funnest thing I could do, right? I, I get a, a rush that you couldn't get anywhere else that, you know, was was better than anything. And it honed my discipline, it honed my diet, and it honed my, all these things. But that doesn't mean that I have to look at it like it's a job or like it's a, you know, I, um, you hear a lot of wrestlers say, say, you know, embrace the grind. Look, it's not a grind if you get to do it. It, it. I mean, you get to do it, right? You can do it. You're physically 
capable of doing it. So is it a grind or is it a privilege? And that's how I'm looking at it. It's a privilege. I'm 45 years old. Uh, except for that last guy in that fight, I'm probably the oldest guy currently actively fighting. Third? You're, you're, you're second. You're second. Once you make oh, the walk, you'll be the second oldest. Look at me. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. But anyway, you know, I, I'm still in, in some of the best shape I've ever been in. Uh, just honing my cardio and my timing. Um, that's really all I need. Uh, I, I, I just am looking at this like, not necessarily like a game, because a game would have, a game doesn't have dire consequences, right? You, a game would be basketball. But like, if you see me play in the gym when I'm sparring and how I'm moving and how fast I am, that's where I need to be. Not overly concerned about winning, overly concerned about, uh, I talked to Randy Couture once and he said, the people that love you will still love you whether you win or lose. You should just go out there and fall to, to your level of training. That's the mindset that I'm there. And I, I still think, at 45 years old, I'm one of the fastest heavyweights in the state. I'm going to go prove it. I absolutely cannot wait for it. I think everyone in Utah cannot wait for it. The return of Eric Iman, Luis Cortez 3. It's going to be a fun one on the most stacked card of the year, November 17th at the Maverick Center. Eric, thank you so much. Hey, can I say I'm super excited that I get to share a card with uh, Mr. Maffaleo too. Blake, I always appreciate your time. Uh, give some shit to Jason for me, and uh, I'll see you on Saturday.